Hello and welcome to a brand new Mad Axeman podcast. Yes, we've restarted the original content machine, we've delved deep into the barrel, and we've got a tentative step towards full podcast return as we start with a three-hander list review podcast in which myself, Dave and Richard look at some of the lists which did well at the recent BHGS team tournament. So sit back, unplug your ears, and listen to us witter on about other people's lists. This means war. Well, it's been a long hiatus and, um, and possibly slightly disappointingly, we're coming back with the list pod, which is, is no reflection on, um, on, on my two ver- venerable and honourable guests, Mr. Mr. Saunders and Mr. Case. But, um, but the full Zoo format um, is, is no doubt in the pipeline and we'll be hitting, hitting the screen soon. But, but this was kind of an easy one to ease us back into it and particularly timely given that there's been a pretty big competition 30 35 people nearly 36 taking part of the lgt in um northeast london or in a sports center in northeast london and of that team competition there were teams of three players all playing art de la guerre and what we've managed to do is somehow get hold of the lists of the top two teams to finish in in first and second place to share with you on this list pod and um given neither dave richard nor myself were in those top two teams um it's going to be a little bit of a surprise to to all of us so at least we can we can evaluate them in in some sort of way and um well without further ado let's just wade straight in and look at the well in fact no the competition the competition the three teams the three periods which each team had a player in there was a biblical um, period. There was a step armies period, which we'll talk about later. And there was a much more open pre-zero BC um, 25 mil period as well. But what we're going to do, we're going to start with the two biblical armies that came in in second place and then in first place and have a chat about their structure and, and see what we think about them and then work through the step and then work into the big boys toys. And then, and then we'll be done and then we'll be back into possibly a more regular routine of these things but let's start and look at the very first biblical list that we've got here which which is list number 20 the Hittites the Hittite empire in 1380 and and this one was fielded by um the the Spanish dice demon Iñaki um an, an international visitor coming over to the UK to play gaming which is pretty cool and sits there with um a 10, a 7, and a 9. So it's a pretty big army. It's it's 26. And and it's not now oh, it's done that by getting in some of these new cheaper medium swordsmen, I can see. Um, but uh, let's, let's just look at what those three lists are. There's a strategist, kind of important. And the first command with the strategist has four impetuous medium swordsmen, four normal medium swordsmen, and two light infantry with javelin. So pretty much foot, foot, foot. The next one, which is a seven, has an ordinary included general, bit of a theme. And that's got one elite heavy chariot impact with the general, obviously, two Hittite chariots and, again, heavy chariot impact. And then two Syro-Canaanite chariots, one of which has got bow and one of which has got the new 
the new biblical hotness of armor with bow, and then a couple of light infantry sling as well. And then your final command, again, ordinary included, um, three heavy chariot impact elite, giving you four in total, two more heavy chariot impacts, that's five in that command, and four light infantry bowmen, which I, I suspect is a screen um, for, for those chariots. So pretty punchy, but each command is, is pretty one-dimensional. So um, Richard, so let, let's start with you. What, is this a list that you've looked at before? What's, what's your thoughts on, on reading down that? That roster of yeah, course. in fact, I, I I had a practice game against this list in a slightly earlier uh, version of it, and I think it's a very strong uh, list with, uh, but it does have some vulnerabilities. So, the width of the army, you know, having ten chariots and eight medium swordsmen. Um, gives you you know a very strong width particularly if that's if a biblical the, host isn't it it's a biblical it is yeah. particularly if you get a waterway down mm. uh there's plenty of light infantry so if the opponent tries to be clever and puts mountains down or desert you, you've got lots of light infantry to operate in the difficult going the strategist means that you can kind of pin people with the impetuous and then sneak the ordinary medium swordsman round somebody's flank because often with with eight you may be opposed to somebody with only six i i think though the weakness is having both of the chariot generals included is if they get stuck in combat then the the flanks of one of those commands might be vulnerable particularly if you haven't got the waterway um down so, you know, in the hands of a good player as Inyaki is, I, I think it, it, can be a, it can be a lot of trouble. And if you've got a smaller army, um, I, I think you're going to find it really hard to handle. And hence, I, I suspect it's success over the weekend. OK, Dave, what's, um, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, um, I spoke to Inyaki at the end of the competition and was... He was actually, if he got the, what's the initiative? I can't quite see three. it. At the it's three, because it's got the strategies, so which gives you two, yeah. and then eight light infantry. I think it's initiative is probably higher than other people's in this competition. I think what Inyaki was doing was, was going for mountain. Then he had got that hard edge to just run his chariots down. Um, so, you know, I mean, he was trying to squeeze the... I mean, he's got a lot of quite hefty troops there, hasn't he? If he can get the frontage down, so it's his eight heavy chariots running into somebody, that's his mission in there. I agree with Richard. I think there's a danger of one flank being left over. He's got one flank where he can cover with the light, two light chariots, but that's, that's a little bit risky. Um, he's obviously hoping that one flank will be medium foot friendly to hold that down while his chariots just run straight down the middle of the table in your immortal words is a bowling alley yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That, that was his tactic and it was he was definitely he was going for mountains he was going for a coast and just running straight down the middle and it, it worked for him and um i have to say Inyaki was saying that his magic um hands were back and his dice rolling was very good <laughs> yeah but i guess if you've got that many heavy chariot impact you've got a lot of opportunities to roll quite memorably good dice haven't you really and yeah and he's, and he's got a strategist to control his medium sword impetuous. No, I, I, I must admit, I thought the, um, you know, having eight medium swords 
for normal, for impetuous. I, that may be kind of a bit of a thing because if people are taking more of these medium sword or, or in a biblical period when there's a lot of these kind of mixed bowmen and types like that, that's actually eight of the people to throw at something is an awful lot, isn't it? It, um, it does make you think, you know, how many other armies could get eight medium swordsmen and just utterly overwhelm anything that's trying to delay in um, in rough terrain on the flank. And But this is army is going to be taking all their attention in the centre as well. So did he say he was... Um, did he say he was actually winning through just pounding people with the chariots or, um, or how yeah, did he work? He was pounding people with the chariots. I mean, I, I watched one game he played against Julian. He's probably the biggest um, threat to him, but his heavy chariots had run over the camels and it was incredibly scattered, the game I was watching. I couldn't believe how... It was hard to tell whose army was who, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was all medium foot running around fighting individual fights. Okay. Well, when I played... Game. When I played a practice game against it, it had very little light infantry and I, and I had a lot of bow cavalry and I was able to shoot up the chariots before they got in. And I think as a result of that practice game, hence the much greater quantities of screening light foot. And, and I think it does make it very hard to, to take down um, because in period, there's very little other than heavy spearmen that, that will stand up to, or other heavy chariots that'll stand up to it. Yeah, but so it's it's basically in period, it's probably got more heavy impact chariots than most other people. And, yes. And unless, uh, you know, I guess a Mycenaean army or, or one of those lucks out and, and survives that first round. But then I guess you throw eight medium swordsmen at them and have a go, don't you? you yeah. Pete's, he beat yeah. up nice and he, and he just took the luck and charged the chariots into the spear where he's won down, but he's armoured and mm. often elite and all he needs is to break through at one point. And as you say, the I think the medium swordsmen did their job. The impetuous guys went flying in and that, yeah. you know, I mean, you can put two medium swordsmen on either side of the impetuous medium swordsman and give the impetuous medium swordsman their biggest chance of breaking through. And I think that's what happens against Peter's... Uh, spear who you know the spear army becomes a little bit stationary and just stands there waiting to be hit yeah yeah i mean you can create a very similar army from the hebrew list um mm. but i don't think it has the impetuous foot and that just adds a nice extra wrinkle um to this to this version okay well look that's that's interesting it's um it's a good list it's not subtle but it does this it's on the tin this means war Let's have a look at the list that, that did better, actually, than it in, in the overall competition um, as well. And this is Paul Dawson's textbook classic, or, well, the Army's textbook classic, but, but this is a list that's had a bit of, um, bit, bit of a refresh in version four. The list number nine, Assyrian Empire and Sargonid, or Sargonid, or, or however you like to call it. Um, this one's much smaller. It's a 22 and the way it's put itself together is it's got two big commands it's got an eight and a nine and then it's got a well it's got the heavy chariot delivery command which is um, a five 
And that one is, is three elite heavy chariot impact, included general um, and two live tree with sling. And, um, and then it's, then the other ones um, are just a bit more of a, um, a bit more of a mix. So let's try and see if, if I can get those ones up on screen. So after that um, small one, you've then got the first one, which is an eight, as I said, brilliant commander, one elite heavy chariot impact, two light infantry bow. This, these are all different. It takes forever to read this one out. Um, a guardsman who is medium swordsman armor support elite. And I think you'll see a bit more support coming out in all of these lists. The um, Chimerian, Scythian type light cavalry bow, one of those, I guess that operates with the chariot probably. A javelinman to lurk about. Another, a heavy infantry missile support, only one of them. And a line infantry, which is half sword, half bow. So, so that's a, a commanded bits, really. A chariot and a light horse. Um, two medium swordsmen, one of which is mixed, one of which got armor support elite. A javelinman as well. And one heavy swordsman missile support. And um, then the, the extra, the other one, the, the other brilliant command, three of the medium swordsman bowmen, the three mixed types, which um, in my hands have always felt a bit vulnerable. Um, two elite heavy cavalry bow, one normal heavy cavalry bow. The, the heavy cavalry have had a bit of a hamstringing, I think, in, in these new lists. Another light horse bow to support them, a light tree javelinman, um, and the other guardsman, medium swordsman, armor support elite, which is a lot of points at 11 and a lot of points when you've got two of them. Um, and those are the other two big commands as well as your, your chariot delivery system. So I guess maybe the question with this one, um, and again, Richard, starting with you, this to me looks a bit different to how you would have done a, a Sargonid list in version three, but, but is that just I, maybe me having one way of doing that list? I, th I think it's a bit different. I, I played against Paul with this list. It is extremely effective. Uh, I mean, the kind of, obviously it depends on, on the terrain and the opponent, but what you can do is put the small command in the middle um, so that you've got that big punch in the middle. And then you've got two, two flanks. I think the mixed bow sword is very effective when used with heavy cavalry bow because they mutually support each other. Having at least one good combat medium swordsman just toughens up the mixed units and, and gives them a better chance to stand up against infantry. Looking then at the other command, you, you've got some very, as you said, a real jumble of different foot types to extend the heavy chariot line. And you've then got a heavy chariot and a light horse bow and a javelinman who can stop a big mob of, if you've got, you're facing a massed enemy with lots of medium foot, those three can hold up a big mob of six medium swordsmen sneaking round your flank because they won't want to face the heavy chariot. I think the thing that is different particularly is having the heavy swordsman with missile support now that that takes away mounted furious charge that's a really good unit for fairly cheaply standing up to heavy chariots or being able to deliver you know a solid place holding the line uh where where together with the guardsman and then the the mixed unit there 
just to gives you the ability to hold off enemy cavalry by being able to shoot them effectively. So I think it's very effective. I think its potential weakness is, is its small size. Um, somebody determined can, can, get, um, can get round it, uh, but it's very hard to handle frontally. Yeah, I, I guess all the individual bits are quite scary, but, but there isn't that many of them, is there? <laughs> it's just maybe it's, yeah. it's taking you, um, I don't know, taking your heart in your hands and just actually having a go at it might um might swamp it yes around. dave yeah. what's what's your um what's your quizzical thoughts on this uh, it's a very very different way of playing to what i've i'm used to playing with i've i've never seen an army quite so it's what i've always referred to as a french way of playing with very mixed up commands um where you know and it's something i've never really played with yet um, I think I'm going to have to learn to play this way. I, I would say it's something like, a, I would call it a sort of DBM sort of way to play with it, where you've got a revolving set of tools, if necessary, to come at people with, you know, you're going to win the initiative again. You're going to get to look at your opponent's army. You're going to know which of your troops in the two mixed up commands you want to approach the enemy with. Um, I, I find it quite fascinating. I mean, obviously, I, I think the three heavy chariots in, in, in group um, three goes down the middle. I think, therefore, what happens is you, because you've got the two brilliant generals, you've got a lot of pips there, which are going to go, you can either go and support that core three and turn it into four heavy chariots if necessary, or as Richard says, you can split it up and go to somewhere else. If someone counters you three heavy chariots, you can deploy somewhere else and come at it. From a different angle um i agree with richard i mean one of the things i've really discovered is is bowmen supporting heavy cavalry bow and those sort of things that's very powerful you know the foot bowmen having the plus one against mounted means you can you will usually see off another heavy cavalry bow command and we'll come on to that again and with the two um step armies we're going to look at i think that happens with my, I find one command one fascinating. Eight eight groups and only the only thing which has got two of the same in it is light infantry blow bow. <laughs> yes. um, I just think that's just bizarre and uh, yeah, very the, different. I mean, one heavy, I'm going to have to learn to play like that. Yeah, one heavy swordsman does look a bit unusual, yeah. a bit left behind. But I guess you can use that. It, that can support the chariots. Yeah, with pretty the tough swordsman. All right. So I guess Again, the, though, the, the final the, question, though, really is, um, you know, if you were dropping this one on table against Inyakis, um, which one would you prefer and which one would you would you rate? I'd go for Inyakis because <laughs> that's the it's way I'm used to playing. I think it yeah, I think it depends on the terrain. You know, if 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 Inyaki's got plenty of open space that he can have his two chariot commands supporting each other. Uh, then life is hard for the Assyrians. But if if there's lots of pockets of rough going um, where those mixed units can start shooting up the chariots, then I think, and, and the chariots can't really get at them, and the heavy bow, cavalry bow, can start popping away, then I, I, I think that uh, the Hittites have a harder time. 
Yeah, I, I think I, it comes I, down to the initiative, and I think the initiative was a big factor in this competition. But it was for me, and I'll explain that a bit later on again when we come into my period. But you've got two here, two armies with initiative three, trying to win the initiative, choose their ground. If if Inyaki wins the ground, he's going to go mountain, close down the table. And if Paul wins the initiative, he's going to go plain, I would imagine, and completely try to open it up and use his extra pips and his maneuverability to get around, yes. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That those heavy cavalry bow and the medium swordsman bow is going to make it very difficult for the Hittite light infantry screen to survive intact. And the Hittites could end up with quite a bit of damage before they actually get into combat. But, you know, and you've got some, some evading. So, yeah, a lot of it would be terrain, but then they're, they're in trouble if they come across eight medium swords in a piece of rough terrain, um, like in their world of trouble. So, yeah, kind of interesting. Okay, then, well, look, that's, that's the biblical period done. This means war. So look, we're now into the step period, and in this period, every army that was allowed had to have step in its um, terrain. It didn't really matter what part of the book it was from, so there was quite an eclectic collection, but an awful lot of Hungarians in the end. But but neither of these are Hungarian armies, so, so clearly somebody, we all picked the wrong thing there. And this is the one that came second, which is a Parthian army of Gordons, and... Um, Let's just run through this one. Um, 24, much more normal size. It's got one tiny command of three elite cataphracts and an ordinary included general. Almost a mirror image of the, um, the heavy chariot command we just talked about. It's got one smaller command that looks like it's kind of skirmishing away on a flank. Four horse archers, a medium cavalry bow, one light cavalry bow, two elite light cavalry bow to give you a seven. That's got a competent general with it, so that's whizzing around a lot. And then, as well as those three cataphracts, the meat of it is two cataphract camels, of course, two javelinmen, two light infantry javelins, so you've got a bit of a rough terrain force there, four mediocre heavy spearmen, and two captured saluted pikemen, which are also mediocre. So you've got a six wide, but a bit rubbish, um, spit block to, to run around the steps in and two light infantry bow. So it's an interesting eclectic mix of, of three plus two cataphracts and and a proper um, steppy sort of command. So so Dave, you, you played in the step period. What's um what, what's your thoughts on this one? Um well as you said, I mean in the step period I fully expected to be sitting there fighting, spending the whole weekend fighting Hungarians and I didn't I only fought one Hungarian army in the three game, four, four games that I played, which was a kind of surprise. Um, I played this army in a practice game against Gordon beforehand and lost with the army that I was using, mainly, I think, because it's numbers. It's got in this step period with the Hungarians, most armies were 20 to 21. I managed to get 22 with the dynastic Bedouin army, but 24 was a lot larger than other people. Um, the other thing with the, the step competition, the step competition was quite shooty heavy, uh, whether it be infantry or cavalry in the shooting of there. And that block of six 
heavy foot was a real problem because even if you are shooting them, you can't go and fight them. And you've just got to sit, if you decide to go in and shoot up the heavy infantry, it's going to take you forever. Or it's going to take you mm. five bounds, probably four to five bounds to actually kill them. You can't do that. So what I ended up doing was going and concentrating elsewhere and trying to, with my shooting in my army, which just didn't work. Um, you know, he's got, he's putting pressure on with the cataphracts and with the heavy infantry, especially with the heavy infantry moving three in that first move now. That makes a yeah. big difference. So mm -hmm. your heavy infantry can speed across the table to support your punch cavalry, if that makes sense. You know, that initial move of three makes a big difference. The heavy infantry, the spearmen even, you know, the full heavy spear can combine up with the cataphracts. So you've got five cataphracts. That makes it a very, very difficult thing. And then he's, um, as I call it, his dick around command with the light horse. He's actually quite powerful with seven shooting cavalry, including two elite light horse and three, four medium cavalry. It, it's, a, it's a really quite a good balanced army, actually, I would say. Again, I can't see the initiative. Is the initiative three? Um, the initiative is two, two on this one. Two. Um, yeah, we'll come on to that theme later. But okay. um, yeah, I, I think it's got... Again, we've got this very mixed up commands again, though, haven't we? That, you know, that first command is quite mixed up with cataphract camels, medium foot and heavy. The second foot. one's yeah. pretty straightforward, though. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that's, that's the punch. And, yeah. But again, I think this is a, there's a, a DBM theme, as I would call it, coming into this with a, with a micro command going down first in the obvious, obvious spot, which in this army is the three cataphracts with included general. And then he's essentially got 21 bases, which are going to get a good look at where the opposing army is going to be. Okay. Richard, um, briefly, what's your thoughts on this one, um, looking at it? I, I think it's interesting. I mean, just one comment really about the first command. You know, you might think, well, somebody will have a block of six heavy foot screened by, by the lights and so on. But one interesting thing you can do with it is you, because it's got a brilliant general, you can actually put the two cataphract camels in the middle and then have spear, pike, spear on either side. Now you've got an eight wide. Yes, it takes you three pips to move, but early on you're moving three UD. You've got an eight wide group that can kind of force almost anything back. And if it runs up against, say, the Hungarians, the two camels are, are going to give them quite a hard time in a way that uh, having a big block of just six isn't because I think heavy knights are just going to charge that and trust that their armor is going to save them in the first round and then they'll grind the mediocre spearmen and pikemen down. Yeah I, I, I wonder looking at it whether there's an element of there will be Hungarian war wagons and there will be Hungarian knights and cataphract camels and pikemen even though they're mediocre is a pretty good counter to that um, yes you know and whether there's even a bit of dismounting potentially goes on if you're play, facing anything that's too hungarian -y with the because the war wagons allow you to dismount and suddenly your cataphracts turn into what is it elite heavily armored spearmen or something like that yes which, Tim, which Tim, would give a hungarian I know, I know you were bringing war wagons 
Yeah. There, were, there was not a single war wagon in the competition. Oh, right. Okay. It would have just been <laughs> me It would have been my nemesis then. I was hoping to see war wagons. I didn't see a single one. Oh, right. It was obviously my um, my flawed idea then. Okay. So that's, that's an interesting one. And I, I guess this doesn't necessarily need a proper bit of step, does it? It, it can operate with some bits of brush because if everybody else is a cavalry army those pikemen and spearmen can just march straight over a small bit of brush anyway they're going to be as invulnerable in it as they are outside it in many ways cavalry is not going to come in after them at all with the rule with the rule saying you can add if you choose um step you could add a plus one i think gordon was every single time is going to choose step add the plus one and hope that uh he could march his you know his cataphract camels go through the brush yeah, against a counter medium foot. Yeah, true. And they then right he doesn't. Right. He doesn't really have to worry about medium foot. Okay. I mean, its vulnerability perhaps is the third command, just with medium and light cavalry. If if somebody is allowed um, some mixed foot, which are mm. quite hard to to attack, but their their shooting can can drive that off. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I, overall, it's it's a it's a strong combination. And in our practice game, I flattened that third command with my medium foot commands. But you know that didn't, you know, because I had bowmen. I mean, that's the, I I would think some bowmen with combined with the medium cavalry horse archers thing is, is a better combination. All right, then. Well, look, let's have a, a quick look then at the other one in the step. This means war. So here we are with the, the next one in the step period, Abbasids, which was Marco. And I think Marco ended up being the top scorer of almost any player in all of the periods. And this is a pretty much a textbook in a, in a period where everybody seemed to try to outthink the step period. This is just a step period army, really. Um, Abbasid Arab, 860, initiative of three. First command up, you've got a brilliant general. You're using two of the Sudanese Abid, the half and half spearman bowmen, um, medium spearmen. So sometimes they're vulnerable, sometimes they're not. You're using four Turkish Ghulams, half of them are elite. You're using a light foot javelin and a light cavalry javelin. So you've got a, a little shooting block, you've got a light foot to support it, and you've got four heavy cavalry and a, a light horse. Your second command is a biggie. It's got a brilliant commander again three heavy spearmen the support appears which is great to see that three abid medium spearmen and bowmen again that's six infantry wide two light foot javelin pretty aggressive um a medium cavalry impact a light cavalry impact elite and a levy just to pad it out up to 11 and your final command is a a very um small one but a little bit of punch um two heavy cavalry impact the alcurasan and then two light cavalry javelin and an ordinary general. So this one is, is about as steppy as, as you get in some ways for some of these Arab armies. Um, but a lot of spearmen and support to, to punch you down. And looking at it, I'm sort of struggling to see where the um where the cutting edge is. But um I don't know, Richard, what what's your thoughts on this one? Well, I think as we've touched upon here that the first command's got this combination of heavy cavalry bow and mixed foot. 
having spear bow gives it some resilience uh, against mounted. And if, for example, you could get it up against that third command that we were just looking at of, of lighter cavalry. So that's really designed for being on the steps, being able to shoot up and push back any other kind of um, non-knight force. You've then got a solid uh, infantry centre, which is, you know, which can, it's got the shooting, so somebody can't ignore it. That's just going to slowly grind forward and force most people to retire or force them to charge it. But heavy spearmen's support are going to be quite resilient. And then, as you say, you've got a, a small command that could completely redeploy if it wanted to, either from the centre to a flank or, or vice versa. So it's it's not an army of shock and awe. It it's it's an army uh, with a lot of manoeuvrability, quite a lot of firepower, but enough punch that when the enemy is weakened, it can deliver the coup de grace. So I really like it. I, yeah. I think that's a very good list. I must admit, I'm I'm looking at it thinking this would be really interesting to to put on table and play with because you you've got a lot of tools but you'd have to you'd have to use them it's not gonna it's not in yaki's list it, it's not going to work itself you've got to do no, you need to practice you need to practice <laughs> with it but but also you know it reminds you that in step it is not just a billiard table there's patches of of uneven going and things like that that if those medium spearmen bowmen get established in it they're effectively invulnerable to anything on a horse aren't they if yes there's a bit of uneven terrain and they can shoot out of it, supported by all the cavalry and, and all the other bits, and and suddenly that becomes quite quite a sort of set of different fire bases that the heavy spearmen, the decent quality heavy cavalry, they can just they can just push up past it, and then then you hit someone with a couple of heavy cavalry impacts at the right time, and and jobs are good and really, isn't it? So this means war. So then, Dave, um, your your take. Have a look at this list. I, I believe you've even played this one as well. I did indeed, um, and lost to it. Oh, the right. Okay. Um, I think this was kind of almost a top table battle. I know Richard played Paul Dawson, and we spoke about that list earlier. And Drew, I think um, Simon might have lost to the other list. We're going to talk about in a minute. But I, I played this list. Um, our armies were fairly even. I think the the, the big thing at the, at the beginning was I didn't I didn't win the initiative. We both chose to fight in the steps, which gave us the plus one, and I lost the initiative, which allowed Marco to have a very good look at where my army was. Um, I then was forced into trying to do a bit of repositioning, which yeah, because he's he's got that tiny little command of um, two heavy cavalry impact and two light horse javelin, and I'm guessing that goes down first. That went down first on one flank. Um, I faced up to it with one of my smaller, you know, I had a, a command of, say, six, which faced up to it. But he ended up with his cavalry facing off on my cavalry. He was slightly more powerful because his heavy cavalry are the heavy cavalry rather than medium cavalry in my case. I, I was in a situation where, where I was trying to remanoeuvre some medium cavalry impact rounds the back of my medium infantry. It, it just didn't work. I mean, I think the advantage he had in this army 
So he, he puts down his heavy cavalry army on one flank, his other heavy cavalry shooting command next to it, and then his spear command. Um, it's, a, it's a sort of standard tactic. It's used by the French a lot when they play the Crusader list. That heavy infantry command is very difficult to get around the flank. I was facing it with shooty cavalry. It was no point in going out and trying to shoot a heavy infantry with all the losses they can sustain. No, you're not going to shoot the heavy spear and, and the abbot. They're going to give you a bit of a pounding, aren't they, as well? Yeah. And his having a brilliant commander with that command. I mean, he had a last-ditch defence with the medium cavalry and the light horse impact where he could just throw them into my troops going around the flank, and that worked very well for him. He played that quite well, in fact. I played it, he played it very well. Um, what he did so does, does the army sort of pivot then? Does it play on half the table and pivot on yeah. that heavy inf that, that infantry command almost sits on the baseline and swings around and the rest kind of yeah. swings around wider? Yeah, I mean, we were fairly sort of evenly matched on the flank where I had two light horse impacts, two medium cavalry impact facing his heavy cavalry impact and his light horse javelin. Um, his light horse javelin managed to get some shots in first, which was effective. Then it became the, the pivot point in that. I mean, he has his two abid, the medium spear bow, in between the heavy cavalry and his heavy cavalry bow. Okay. okay. So he was using the, the medium foot spear bow to shoot in his lances. So I counted with my two medium spear bow and then in fact we ended up having a shooting match and then we ended up fighting each other there and that was really decisive because he beat those two of mine um i got into do you, do you find the medium spear bow are you know with the new medium spear rules do you think they're a bit more resilient a bit more of a um something to frighten away cavalry more than they used to be damn right i i think they're really useful i mean i would i, I always treat them as bowmen with a little bit more strength but in a position where they're supporting cavalry bow or cavalry impacts, you know, just getting one shot on your opponent to knock them down one level and having something to threaten to come in as an overlap because the medium spear, you know, bow are moving quite quickly. They can support. So it's something we've all got used to is you could have a heavy cavalry command and have, I, I always used to have a, have a cavalry command with some bowmen if I can to support them, you know, and that threatening the flanks. That, that worked very well for him. We had a heavy cavalry bow face off in the middle of the table, which was just a bit stuck on each other. We ended up fighting it out in the end because I was getting desperate. Um, but, you know, I, I think having that large command of the spear, I mean, he had the spear on the outside and then the two medium spear bows in the three. Three, actually, yeah. Bows. He yeah. had those in the centre with the spearman on the outside. So okay. he could in and things like that. It's, it's a very good, well-balanced list. I really like it. Yeah, and I think there's an interesting bit about, you know, the light horse are all javelin or their impact, impact elite. Um, yep. There's no light horse bow there. They, these guys are, well, I suppose they're shooting at close range with javelin, but but they're primarily about trying to put pressure on you and fight and that you're using the infantry as the bowman. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's got more command. He's got more, you know, he had all the way through the game, he had more pips, won the initiative. That was a real clincher, I think. Stop yeah, actually, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, because there's two, three, four. There's not. Uh, no, there's only five light horse in that. He didn't quite bump it up to um, the six that would be needed to give you an even even bigger initiative point. But that's not far off with the light foot javelin counting as one, is it? 
three light foot um, counts as an extra point. All right, then. So uh, an interesting and very textbook um, step type list, but still with with an infantry corps with um, three heavy spear and, and five mixed medium foot who who are a lot more effective now now that medium spear have been upgraded under under version four. So that's that's the step period. Let's have a look at the um, the 25 mil period. This means war. This means war. So here we are into the big boys toys, the, the 25 mil period, which was um, pre-zero. It was a sub-zero period. So every army had to be dated before zero AD. Um, and the, the second place one was um, our own Dave Allen with um, kind of an unusual choice, I would have thought, for, you know, given the, the choice of everything pre-zero, of having the, um, the Achmenid Persians. And um, in fact, these are the, the later Achmenid Persians. So doesn't quite have the, the enormous towers, which would be quite something to see, I guess, in 25 mil, if anybody could ever conjure them up. Um, but, but this one... Of course, it's a big army because the Persians tend to do that. And this one um, might take us a bit of a while to read through because I think there's almost something different on every line. So, so you've got two brilliant commanders in ordinary, same as that, that step army we just looked at. The, the tiny core with the ordinary included unreliable is um, a bow heavy cavalry. There's other horsemen, a light horse, uh, light infantry bow and a light infantry javelin so it's basically one cavalryman included general and a couple of light foot to to lurk in some terrain or, or do something then your first command um in fact there's a side chariot in each of the two big commands i, I guess they act as a, a reserve possibly you've got one normal horseman two indian crappy cavalry one guard cavalry heavy cavalry impacted elite two light cavalry javelin so, so you've got a very mixed, two rubbish, one really good but aggressive and one normal shooty bow cavalry and a couple of light cavalry javelins to give you sort of six wide there, but, but the mediums are a bit iffy. You've got the elephant, which is a very unusual addition to this Persian army. Two medium sword that I guess creates you a cheap, cheap death star, but an anti-cavalry death star. Um, a light tree sling to sit in front of the elephant, a light tree javelin to sit in front of the elephant and a Mardian archer um mediocre bow to to again widen it out and, and work with them then the second core side chariot um one heavy cavalry bow one medium cavalry bow three mediocre medium cavalry so that's five mediocre cavalry in this army so this is all going for width i guess um two light cavalry bow then the i, I dare say the meat or don't say the meat really two heavy spearmen hot lights one of the um half sword, half bow elite guard infantry, the the former, um, whatever they're called, um, Sparabara type guys, and one javelin man and a light infantry sling. So so that's a big old set of bags of nonsense, really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Richard, do you make head nor tail of that, other than the fact it's probably quite wide and it's more, more units than you can count? Uh, I don't know. How, do we know how it did in the tournament? 
<laughs> and well, the, the team came. Um, the team did the well. Team came, but, the team uh, came second, so it must have done reasonably well because I don't think the format allows you to to carry um, someone unsuccessful. But I think is this kind of a a Julian esque army of of just having enough decent stuff to pin you, and then loads more, more crappy stuff to to mob you. Possibly. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only sort of tactic I can see with it. It's uh, the challenge. I uh, I don't know. It's so unlike a list I would typically take. I I, I and I I would think against somebody with a, a reasonable size. You know, twenty four, twenty five kind of element army of Romans or successors mm. or something that can really get at the stuff that can't get away easily. Yeah. Um, this is this is 27 plus two side chariots. So it's so it's starting it, to get wide, isn't it? And um, it, it it is, but but you know the, the danger can be that um, you've you've still got to be able to get that width in place. And if your yeah. opponent gets a waterway down yeah. so that yeah. you can't take full advantage of that width yeah um and so it, you know it's if it's the sort of list that appeals to you you've got the width you've you've got the style um personally if i'm going to play that sort of army i'd probably prefer to have more impetuous medium swordsmen as cheap and lots rather mm -hmm. than mediocre cavalry but it yeah. comes down to your playing style yeah, because I, I guess if you look at both those commands, the big commands of twelve each, you've got um, you've got five five combat troops plus the size chariot in in each of them. So you've got a frontage of twelve there that is that yeah. can sort of fight something, and you've got the extra heavy cavalry. You've got the other cavalry, heavy cavalry bow, and the other thing. So you've got thirteen thirteen or so plus. Everybody takes some light horse. So you you could argue 14, 15, 16, 17 with, with light horse is a normal army width. And yeah. then all of a sudden you've got um five or six extra medium cavalry who who can cause damage if they get into the flank. Yes, um, they can. But but they've got to get around the flank and get into it, which is a little bit a little bit terrain dependent. Um Dave, have, have you have you seen this on table? Does this make any sense to you at all? I peered round at one point and looked at it and thought, what the hell? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's a million miles away from the way I play. Um, I suspect it's becoming a sort of new fashion. I mean, the thing that's... So it depends how well it did. We'll have to look up how well yeah. it did and see if I can find I that out. The thing that stands out for me is, is that micro command is even getting smaller. Two light hmm. foot and a heavy cavalry. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just... Bonkers. I mean, I, yeah. I, I would all, if I'm going to have a micro command, I'd give it some welly with something which can hit hard if it's going to include a general of some mm. sort. Yeah. <laughs> but then I suppose Dave's saying he's going to put down three bases and get to see the whole of the enemy's army. Um, his yeah. initiative is three, which is mm. quite powerful. Yeah. Um, that makes a big difference. Um, he's going to get to look at everything. He's, he's, I mean, he's so dependent on his brilliant commanders. I mean, he's got two brilliant commanders. They are going to have to throw very good pips to move those two huge commands of nonsense around. And I think that's going to be its limitation. I'm just looking at that. There's five mediocre medium cavalry. Yeah, no, I think that's the um, that's the magic width, isn't it? Um, if you if you look at that and I suppose 
you know, now that you've got the new slightly more deadly flank attack, um, that is yeah. that is a possibility, isn't it? So um, let's just have a look. So so actually, so this one scored two wins and then three null results for um, um, for a total of three twenty four, which was um, not. Uh, not a great score. Um, well, it's a reasonable score, I suppose. Three twenty-four would put you. So I think I think it makes an interesting army in a team because mm. it's quite a hard army to beat. As yeah. Dave shows by not losing because not of losing, its size. Yes. Yeah. And it's got a lot of stuff that can run away if it's under pressure. Yeah. But yep. it, but it maybe doesn't have quite enough punch in the right places um, mm. to to win often you you're, you're kind of relying on your opponent to let you get those flanks true and sometimes true. you can force it but again if the terrain is quite heavy there's not that much medium foot in it and yeah. uh, and so i i can imagine a lot of draws which is what they've had yeah, yeah. no i suppose it's it's an interesting um thing about you can take different armies and try and play in different ways can't you you and, can. And this is pretty bloody different. <laughs> Let me check what you've got. This means war. This means war. Okay, well, let's have a look at the final um, 25 mil army, which was um, a Ptolemaic army um, used by, by John Edwards. Um, in the Yorkshire team, so this um, pretty you know, from from the ridiculous to the um, the default almost, I suspect the, the Ptolemaic. So you've got um, ordinary, brilliant, brilliant, um, pretty straightforward mix. The ordinary's driving two elephants, three medium swordsmen, impetuous. So it's a mega Death Star, couple of light foot javelin um, to screen the elephants, and a Thracian javelinman to to protect the flanks of that five wide mega death star um, god it feels like ages since we talked about death star doesn't it it's great to see like a proper old school one in there um then you've got a brilliant general with a medium cavalry i think that might be compulsory you've got a zeister four eye um, heavy cavalry impact a light cavalry javelin so that's your your little cavalry group um four pikemen a hoplite to widen it out, another Thracian javelin to fill in the gaps and a light infantry sling. And then the brilliant general's got three mediocre pike, um, another hoplite, another slinger, uh, and then another medium cavalry and a light cavalry javelin. So you've got a little outrider force there. But this is this is all about putting a five wide Death Star and um, seven pikemen and two hoplites. That's nine, six, well, 15, 16. Um, really quite pokey stuff right down your throat, I guess, quite quickly in, think, in a kind of textbook old school sort of way. Yeah, I think the elephants should be mediocre. Okay, possibly they are. Yeah, I probably I've not transcribed that to the um, the, um, the WhatsApp. So, it, sorry, to the um, wiki where we're looking at this on screen at the moment. So, Rich, so I think, far, far away, you know, it's it looks to I think me it's like a very it nice... I think it's a very nice army um, because uh, you, you know you've got a strong um, medium terrain command. Um, as I say, I think the elephants should be mediocre, but still, a lot of the time that doesn't matter. 
that enables the medium swordsman to come out into the open uh, in a way against cavalry in a way they might not normally be able to. So they can not, they don't just, just have to hug the terrain, they can cross the terrain and, and get into the opponent. And, um, you know, seven pikemen is, uh, is, is always a handful, you know, even if, yeah. um, even if some of them are mediocre. Medium yeah. spear are that bit better than they used to be. They certainly pad out the line perfectly capably against most people except sort of impetuous swordsmen. Um, and then you've got enough, enough mounted and light infantry to, if someone is trying to slow you down, you, you can punish them. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I think it's a nice, it's a nice balanced army. I'm, I'm interested that he took so many javelin men rather than taking the Thracians as two-handed weapons, but that's obviously how John chose to play the army. They are. Yep. Okay. Dave, what's, um, you know, does what it says on the tin. Have you, um, it's, it's much my, my, more my style of playing. It's got a lot, a lot of punch there. You know, it's got seven pike plus heavy cavalry, medium cavalry, hoplites. I mean, it, it's got a very, very wide, punching front I guess the elephants go through terrain as Richard says or go through the center of the game and you give them a chance to do some damage and then follow up with other things I think that's maybe where the javelin men are useful to protect those impetuous swordsmen give it a bit of width maybe take advantage of things there my suspicion yes, but if, you, if you don't have them you don't have much shooting do you um they, they give you just a little bit extra to drive away enemy light foot, but maybe the two-handed cutters. You don't need the two-handed cutters because you've got impact foot, elephants and pike, which are going to take down spearmen or anything like that anyway. Yeah, I, I definitely think that. I think it's... I, I love the javelinmen because their manoeuvrability and their ability to evade, you know, they can, in, in essence hold off something getting into your flank by at least one bound if not two bounds because they can come up protect a flank from somebody going into a flank and then they force the opponent to charge them and hopefully you can prevent them going into a flank so that i mean yeah. I, I guess that javelin the Thracian javelin in command one is there to protect the nubian impetuous swordsman which yeah is, i guess I mean, they can they can evade can't they if they were the um the tony cutter weapon men they're actually combat troops yeah. but but the army is is actually, I think it's what, 26, something like that. So because it's got a reasonable number of these light horse and light cavalry and medium cavalry dotted about and light infantry, you're actually saying deal with our, um, you know, seven pikemen, our five wide Death Star, our Zeistaphori, our two medium spearmen. Um, you're saying deal with all of that. And as long as the rest of it doesn't, get caught or, or chewed up you've kind of got to break a lot of combat troops to break that army um which you know makes it makes it slightly different so um and again this one ended up with victory defeat victory and and two draws so um whereas it was the marco and the the abbesses that we've just seen with a straight run of five wins that really um propelled that that team forwards and then and paul's Assyrians ended up with four wins and, and a draw as well. Um, so, but you know, this is a good, a good solid list to to throw at someone, isn't it? And 
and then it wins or it loses and and, and that's what you want you roll some dice and you get some combat results could be limited by what's available to the player in 25 yes. <laughs> that as well i think that's another challenge for people but but I, and again i think it's good to remember that death stars still exist and still work particularly the, yeah. the good old-fashioned five wide one yeah, definitely definitely good all right well look i think that's that's gently eased us back into um into this format of a podcast if nothing else hopefully it's it's eased some of our listeners back into it as well we're um we'll have another look and see if there's any other themes and things which spring to mind that we can we can focus on for some army list podcasts soon we um we're making tentative steps to bring back the the main podcast and um bizarrely i've i've been invited onto someone else's podcast when i can actually get around mm-hmm. to doing it as well so um so there is more mad axman sort of audio content of varying qualities on varying places um heading its way to you so on that note we will say goodbye thanks for thanks for indulging us as we we try and get back into the swing of it so from myself and david and richard goodbye bye-bye cheers bye, bye. cheers bye. Bye.